0: Everybody has a price, and did Cameron Grimes find out what L.A. Knights was? The Undisputed implosion continues. Shady tactics come into play during the women's tag team match, which ends up with us having a promise of a landscape-changing announcement next week on NXT. And tonight, me and Damian have a treat for you. We're so good to our listeners. So how'd your Wednesday night go? We'll tell you how ours went. Find out now on the NXT Hot Tag. Welcome to the NXT Hot Tag. I am one of your two hosts for the night, Brad. Uh, you can find me online on the Twitter machine at Pedersen Reports, P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N Reports. And over there is my furry little friend, Damian. How you doing, Damian?
1: I'm doing well. You can find me on the Twitter machine at D Miller Games, And uh, I'm glad that we got the, the shout-outs uh, from the beginning out of the way because, We have a big treat for them. This might be a little bit longer than our normal episodes for the hot tag.
0: Yeah, we're finding our way, and uh, our way has grown a little bit. And we're not talking the therapy way of Johnny Gargano and all that nonsense that happened tonight. But our (laughs) way is taking us to another realm. The hot tag, to explain the full intention behind this name of this podcast is we're going to be tagging in and out from NXT to, dare I say, AEW to see what was going head-to-head and how things went on the other black and gold brand that runs Wednesday night. So, uh, Damian, I know you're excited about this. You are our AEW man, and I am old man NXT over here.
1: Yeah, I, it was kind of a thing that we were discussing after last week's podcast where we were like, you know, we can watch both. We might as well do both because it's a little bit easier for me to kind of watch NXT but hear AEW because I, I'm bigger on AEW than I am NXT. I think the stories are a little bit more compelling and the in-ring is a little bit better for me. But that's me. You, on the other hand, prefer your NXT over AEW. So, Absolutely. Being, able, being able to encompass both, we grab both audiences, and we're not excluding anybody on the Wednesday Night Wars, because we are all inclusive. So Absolutely. And
0: it's it's the way I look at it, everything is a flavor of ice cream. I'm not a big chocolate guy. I like my strawberry better. Damien, you might be the other way. So, uh you know, I let's have some ice cream tonight <laughs>
1: Let's have some ice cream And uh, boy, the chocolate ice cream Was a little bit better than the strawberry In my eyes tonight
0: Yeah, well, sometimes you get A little more seeds than you want In your uh, <laughs> strawberry ice cream I was going to say vanilla But I don't want people to think that that means I'm boring So, uh, you well, know I
1: mean, listen, vanilla just goes with everything
0: It does It really does And uh, yeah, call me vanilla <laughs> so uh, let's start off with our first scoop. We opened up NXT tonight with a match between the tag team champions, Danny Burch and Oni Larkin, taking on Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa with the titles on the line. We got a very quick, well, not very quick, but a quick enough technical mat- match as mm-hmm. far as tag team goes. Uh, Thatcher and Ciampa always deliver, as do Burch and Larkin. Uh, and despite their best efforts, Imperium came out with a distraction on Thatcher and Ciampa. And uh, we see the tag team champs retain.
1: What do you think about this? Uh, so I thought it was a really good match. NXT was a two-match show for me tonight. Um, it was the opener and the main event. Um, sure. And, 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 a couple, and a couple decent things here and there. Uh, I, I, I caught at the very beginning of NXT, we had Timothy Thatcher talking to Marcel Barthel. And that intrigues me because if we can't get Walter from the UK over here to, to NXT proper, I would love to see Timothy Thatcher join Imperium. Yeah. I think they were teasing that
0: pretty strong. Uh, Champa was pretty much saying, Nope, not going to happen, which, uh, you know, if you like your herrings red, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. And uh, Champa likes his herrings gray as proved by his beard, but I, I thought that this was a great match. Um, I, I, it's four guys that can go, you know. It, Absolutely. A, a pretty good submission, technical brawling kind of style. It, it was hard-hitting, technical. You had a lot of submission work, a lot of uh, joint manipulation and stuff. It was it was one of my favorite uh, moments of NXT tonight. And that went head-to-head with Cody and Red Velvet taking on... Jade Cargill and Shaquille O'Neal. This opened the show, which I was very surprised at. I thought it was going to be the main event. But they got everything started off really well. Uh, Red Velvet and Jade Cargill took most of the match. Shaq taking a massive table bump that I was not expecting. Never in a million years. And Jade Cargill wins with, it looks like a... uh, It was a butterfly face buster. So uh, a very impressive move over Red Velvet. Uh, Let's talk about that table bump because I didn't even see this coming. I thought it was going to be a whole bunch of people landing on Shaq, but I didn't see him taking that bump from the apron through two tables.
0: When I saw Cody running at him and doing that flying crossbody towards him, I thought Shaq was basically going to back body drop. Cody through the tables, and that yeah. was going to be your big table bump. But to see Shaq go through, I mean, talk about jarring. That's something you, you don't see celebrities taking bumps that big. Uh, it's it was a hell of a match, and honestly, I think that tonight this is one thing we saw. We saw a lot of uh, more. I don't want to say gimmicky matches, but they were definitely, definitely more attraction matches. Uh, on aew going up against NXT
1: tonight, yeah, I will say that this wasn't the strongest aew dynamite episode either for me, but it had a lot a, a lot more moments that I was drawn to over NXT tonight and this was one of them. I was watching the Oni Lorkin match over here on my right where my other TV is set up because I have two like forty inch TVs in my bedroom <laughs> that my computer yeah. is set up to. And um, I was watching the tag match over here but I was listening to the aew one and I kept having to look at the aew match Shaq looked good
0: he really did he was in he looked like he could just get back on the court at any time and yeah. man when he popped that one flex uh, when he sort of just put the one arm up I was like damn does he have a basketball in that bicep or what's going on because shack
1: freaking kidding.
0: Yeah, Shaq was impressive, and to think he's been retired now for how long from the NBA? My gosh, his worst shape would be my dream shape, and he is definitely far from his worst shape.
1: Yeah, no, you're not kidding. And and, and I thought that Jade Cargill and even Red Velvet to an extent had a pretty decent match with themselves. I thought that they flowed well together. There were a couple botches here and there. Um, I I, I just couldn't get over that table spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that definitely stole the entire match. But Jade Cargill, I mean, this was this her actual debut match? I mean, we haven't seen her in the rain. I haven't
1: really seen her. Um, I haven't seen her on Dark, really, unless it was like one or two matches here and there. Um, I'm going to look on Pro Fight DB just to make sure. But I think this might have been her debut. And if so, this was a great debut for her. I'm not going to say it was the best debut of all time. But it definitely put a light, like a big spotlight on her because she was just phenomenal. They don't even have her on Profite DB.
0: Well, she came out looking like a million bucks. I mean, the woman is built like a truck and the best looking truck you can imagine. She mm-hmm. was crisp, she had everything down. And. AEW played it smart this is going to be the one match that will show up with highlights on ESPN on all of your mainstream because of Shaq and what's it going to do is going to put Jake Cargill out front and center if you're trying to build a new face for your women's division my god this is one way to do it with Jake Cargill
1: yeah absolutely and uh, this was her debut match um She she tried out for the WWE Performance Center back in 2019 and then trained with AR Fox for a year um, and actually worked with Mark Henry, who Carville actually describes as like her mentor. She then went to train with Heath Slater uh, at face to face wrestling school and then to QT Marshall. So she's been through three training schools already in a year in almost two years She's, I think she's really learning her craft and really getting good at this stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a hell of a pedigree, especially for coming out and making your uh, true debut. But uh, to mm-hmm. keep this train rolling, uh, tag him back over to NXT. Next, after the strong match, we see Roddy Strong do something that's not always his strong suit in taking the mic. He called out Adam Cole, stop sighing. I'm talking, (laughs) and out comes Finn Balor to, in my opinion, save this uh, promo, basically saying that uh, you know Roddy is you know just not there. He needs to be more greedy and more selfish, and he'll never ever get going any further. To which Finn gets a punch in the face from Ry Strong. And uh, sets up our main event tonight of Roddy versus Finn Balor.
1: Yeah, and also Balor then challenged Adam Cole next week for the NXT title during that promo, which was then confirmed later in the show. It seems like they're really hyping up next week to be like a takeover level show. They really do. They've
0: got uh, women's tag, or well, they're they've got the women's tag team announcement. Which what do you think that could be? Do you have any uh, idea? maybe a tournament to face the women's tag champs at mania well i'm thinking that they actually might just give nxt's women their own tag team titles because belts. well they've got so many women down there i mean it's a good way to get more women out on the main show and uh if they are going to have this second nxt show this basically nxt's nxt uh you know they'll have the talent to support it i think
1: yeah, and that's fair. Like, I can see them doing their own tag division, their own women's tag division. I think that's just too many belts for NXT. You, there, there's too many belts in WWE. It's like, there, there's too many straps. You need to, you need to make the straps feel more important. Not add another one in to dilute something that's already diluted and oversaturated. I, I, do, I like the women's tag idea. I like, personally. The women's championship only being one person from each brand like they had back in the, like the original Raw versus, and SmackDown days. Mm-hmm. One champion to go between both brands. And I don't mind like two secondary titles for like a Raw and a SmackDown or three secondary titles now, I guess, with NXT having the North American title. I don't hate that. But I think there should only be one champion across all three brands, like one overall champion. Because then the secondary titles mean more, then the women's title means more, then the tag titles mean more. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's too many belts here, and if they're introducing a women's tag belt, I'm just, I'm not here for it. But this, this promo was hot garbage until Finn Balor came along. Roderick Strong is a very bad actor.
0: He is, but my God, the guy can go in the ring, and that's what's important to me. What I would do is get him a mouthpiece, man. Get him – I mean, I hate to say it because you don't seem on the – or don't seem to be on the same level right now, but give him Malcolm Bivens. Put Bivens with him, and you've got the, the muscle, you've got the talking, and I think you've got something good.
1: I think you have something there with, like, Malcolm Bivens almost being similar to my old school Ring of Honor fans, a Prince Nana, like, leading, like, this um, this stable of people or even, like, a Truth Martini, even. Um, And I feel like you can make those kinds of connections with Roddy since he was in Ring of Honor for so long. But I, I just, I don't know, man. Roddy's great in the ring, but he cannot sell you on anything on the mic. And speaking of not selling me anything, AEW, had, AEW had a squash match that I was just not a fan of. And it was Ray Phoenix and Pack versus, I think, John Schuyler and somebody else. I, I didn't really
0: get their names. <laughs> I think they said Deep Three, which, uh, you know, maybe it's just my ignorance of uh, the under undercard. But, I mean.
1: I've never heard of them.
0: <laughs> Neither have I, so I'm glad I'm not alone on this and I one. Don't,
1: I don't have seven hours to watch AEW Dark every week. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, something that happened before this match, though, Sh- or, uh, Tony uh, Schiavone, I can never say Schiavone. There you go. Schiavone. Schiavone goes out to see if he can find Shaq in the ambulance, and he opens it up, and magically the big man is missing guess he uh, lummoxed back off, and, uh, you know, I don't think we're done with Shaq in AEW.
1: No. Uh, maybe that's what Paul White is, like, kind of teasing of, like, oh, I know somebody that's signing with AEW, and maybe Shaq signs on for, like, a multi-match deal or something like that. Like, I don't know where they're going with this. It was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's lots of possibility, but, uh, yeah, this Phoenix and Pac match, uh, I'm glad to see Phoenix and Pac doing anything they want. Like getting yes. out there doing <laughs> things, but it needed to be a little bit more competitive. Even if they would have thrown out Luther and Serpentico just to yep. make it a little bit more name recognition, uh just something more. Just or build like, these
1: guys up. Or like bear country. Like I feel like you could have did something with like bear country since they're in the casino battle royal tag match. Uh, tag team battle royal thing that they're doing at the pay-per-view. Get Bear Country on the freaking on TV. Yeah, that, but my thing is, I think that they
0: did this purposely to keep all the tag teams looking strong going into this casino tag team battle royal. You don't want Maybe. somebody going in with a loss. So, you know, throw a couple of the Bears out there and let them go. This match, I think you could have gone without maybe given yeah. a couple more minutes to, uh, you know, the Jade Cargill Shaq match. Uh, you know, there was, I think there was a little bit more in the tank for all involved, except for Shaq. But he did disappear from an ambience, so hey, there's something.
1: Yeah, um, and then we got into, like, the beginning of the town hall segment with MJF and Y2J during this promo segment. But uh, we can encompass that because that was, like, a 15-minute segment.
0: Yes, so we're going to actually tag back to NXT, and we've got the way in therapy, and uh, it is not the way I want to see this go, so we're actually going to skip this and go on to somebody that we can both agree (laughs) is one of the most entertaining parts of NXT, our man Cameron Grimes. He wants to rename the CWC to the CGA for Cameron Grimes Auditorium. Sign on the dot line. I'm here for that. And uh, Regal approaches them about cold cocking that guy last week. Uh, you know, and basically now he's blaming all of his problems on Ted DiBiase, which, hey, maybe we'll get a Million Dollar Man cameo at some point. But, man, Cameron Grimes is on a roll.
1: Yeah, I loved uh, the Cameron Grimes segment. I hated the, uh, the therapy segments throughout the night, I'm going to be honest thought they were all stupid. I, I really couldn't get into them. I turned them off. I was just like, okay, we're going to go watch something else now on AEW. Um, Cameron Grimes, though, as soon as he popped back on, I turned that audio right back over to that one because I was just like, oh, I need to hear what he's saying. And I think it was great. It was great. Um, and he tried to bribe William Regal. He tried to bribe the lawyer. Um, and then he got signed to a contract in a fight tonight against Bronson Reed.
0: Bronson Reed is a mammoth man, and you could tell that Cameron Grimes was not into this idea at all. Uh, But also, just to prove money can buy the way, we're not exchanging currency here, but I think we're going to buy our way out of any more therapy segments here. We're just going to skip over those. We'll just say they were there and not dig into it because we're saving ourselves and our wonderful, wonderful listeners the thoughts of that awful stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, just know
0: it was bad. Yep, um, yep.
1: It, it was so, a So through the end of the Roddy promo, the way in therapy, Cameron Grimes Auditorium, and the Aaliyah versus Ember Moon match, oh, I didn't even realize that this promo went this long. MJF and Y2J Chris Jericho had a town hall meeting. And they had two guys from Barstool, Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff, asking questions about um, what it would mean to them to win the tag titles, why they attacked Papa Buck, what the condition of Papa Buck is, and then Eric Bischoff with the line of the night, why would you want to purposefully piss off the Young Bucks? It's and true then the young bucks come out and Matt Jackson finally learned how to act angry and he cut a fantastic promo on Jericho talking about how his dad raised him to you know fight for what he fight for what he wants be a self-made man and come through that's why they created Being the elite, that's why they were the Young Bucks, and that's why they created AEW with a nice little jab at Jericho saying, if it wasn't for AEW, you'd probably be curtain jerking at the Performance Center tonight. (laughs) And uh, great line. And then they super kicked uh, MJF and Chris Jericho. A big brawl ensues between the elite and the inner circle. The good brothers come out. They set up tables and lay Ortiz and Santana on them. Nick Jackson does a swanton bomb from the top of the entranceway to through a table to Santana. Simultaneously, Matt Jackson jumps off the stage with an elbow drop to Ortiz through a table um, at ringside. It was absolute carnage, but a great way to sell the, the match for Sunday. Absolutely, and I think that's the trick for the Bucks. The Bucks
0: are fantastic in the ring. They're a little lackluster at time on the mics. But the thing is, you give them something to be passionate about, and boy, do they let that show. I mean, Matt was just killer. Nick was great as usual. And uh, those dives from the stage and off of the top of that entranceway, my God, they hurt. And uh, to see them doing such a big high spot before Sunday happens, Man, good on them for taking that risk. I don't think I would have personally, but mm-hmm. I don't jump off of anything. So what can I say?
1: It was it was definitely a great way to sell sell Sunday. You know, um, Nick Jackson is just next level. I think that he's the more talented of the two, but Matt can really Matt can really do do some damage there, and, and especially on the mic, I think Matt's a little bit better than Nick at times. But these guys are just daredevils. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, while
0: all this was going on, over on the black and gold brand, uh, we had Aaliyah going against Ember Moon. They each had their uh, par- or their partners in their corners. So we had Aaliyah with Jesse Kamea and Robert Stone. Ember Moon with Shotzi Blackheart. I hate seeing Shotzi poor. Shotzi tagged up with Ember Moon. You know, but there was a lot of back and forth in this match. Ember Moon coming off looking cocky. I think that she should probably be more heel. uh, Because, honestly, I hate her. So, there you go. But, uh, you know, making stupid faces. Challenging Aaliyah to hit her in the face. Aaliyah got a lot more offense than we usually see her get. You know, and if it weren't for Robert Stone and Jesse Kamea getting involved, I could actually see Aaliyah picking this one up. But she didn't, and Ember takes it again, and whoop-dee-damn-do.
1: I like Emberman. Moon. Um, I think Aaliyah got way too much offense in this. Aaliyah's a jobber. Aaliyah is enhancement talent at its finest. I don't think that there's much upside to her. Um, I'm sorry. I just don't see much in her. Um, this Robert Stone brand is dead. was dead on arrival. I don't like it. It, it bores me. Anytime I see it, I want to flip the channel I I wish that they would just let Robbie E be Robbie E. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that didn't click, and same goes for the talent in the ring. Something happened that these two didn't click. It was boring. Yeah. So boring, and botches everywhere. And I don't mean, like, massive botches. I mean timing errors and just slips. It was just not good.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. With Ember Moon, you don't really expect that. As much as I shit-talk her and as much as I don't like her, she usually has herself pretty well together She's in the consistent. ring. She's
1: consistent. She's
0: consistent. That's the best word to, to describe her. She's consistent. And, uh, you know, you just didn't see that, whether it was just she was having an off night or it was her opponent, which I think it was more of her opponent personally. But, uh... Yeah, I'm glad that match got over pretty quick. Uh, And then we went back to the backstage area with Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. They were addressing Imperium and basically Ciampa said, we're done. It's not a thing. Don't worry about it. Let's get out of here. And they took off and we started getting ourselves ready for the women's tag team match. And we also got. The confirmation that we are going to see Tony Storm taking on Io Shirai next week for the title, that should be fun.
1: Yeah, I think that that's going to be a great match. These two had a great final match of the Mae Young Classic uh, almost three years ago now. Wow, holy crap, that was so long ago. Um, They had a great match, and I don't think that this is going to be any different. Um, Tagging over to the AEW side... We had FTR and Tully Blanchard versus Jurassic Express. Um, This is the part of both shows where I was really starting to feel this. Like, God, could something exciting happen? Because I didn't like this match either. I thought it was dumb.
0: Yeah, it, it got a little slow. Uh, I will say I was impressed with seeing Tully do what he could do. I mean, it's yeah. very limited, but, uh, and, you know, with Marco Stunt, he had that uh, rebound suplex, which, you know, I'm probably not calling it the right thing, but when
1: slingshot he slingshot suplex. Slingshot. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm from Pittsburgh. We make our own way. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the slingshot suplex I thought was was great. It was cool to see him doing his thing. Uh, I'm all for Jurassic Express. Anytime I get to see them, they are probably my favorite trio in AEW. Uh, I just think they're great. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it did get a little slow.
1: Yeah, I felt like that match went a little too long. Like, I think you could have taken about five minutes off of this match and put it towards that Pac-Phoenix match with the jobbers getting a little bit... Because, like, there were a couple bigger guys than Pac and Phoenix, so, like you really could have given them a little bit more offense, a couple more minutes or whatever, and really kind of just shorten this match up at the end, uh, FTR and Tully get a big assist from Sean Spears, who was in a mask. They hit the assisted, uh, pile driver for the win. And then we get Paul white and Tony Schiavone plugging AEW dark elevation. And Paul White coming out with a no more BS uh, shirt on. and uh, said
0: Fantastic. No
1: more, no more bullshit. No more Big Show. And uh, with another line of the night, he said, I bet you guys didn't see that turn coming. <laughs>
0: and th- he nailed it. And that's the thing. If they didn't do it, we would be sitting here complaining about a missed opportunity. Way to go, Mr. White. You made the line of the night in my book, because I actually laughed loudly at that one. And uh, it it was the highlight of the entire promo and actually most of the speaking segments tonight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say, but he also teased a Hall of Fame-worthy person coming to AEW Sunday at Revolution, which we briefly touched on.
1: What? not the one you're thinking. So you said it's not going to be CM Punk. I know it's not going to be CM Punk. I don't yeah. know who it's going to be, though. I'm very intrigued. Because I am, I feel, too. I feel like they're going to be in that face of the Revolution ladder match.
0: Yes, I think that that could be your sixth person uh, because it's very, very interesting they've left that open when mm-hmm. they made such a big deal about getting them out there. It uh, really looks like they're trying to really beef this up, especially with Darby being the face of everything, and uh, this being for the number one contendership for that uh, TNT title.
1: Do you have any clue as to who it might be? Do you think maybe it's somebody from New Japan, somebody from Impact? I'm
0: I'm honestly scratching my head. I have no idea. I mean, look how they they got one over on everybody with uh, Paul White coming. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. So really, just. You know, going through my ideas, I have none. I
1: can't think of a single person it could be. The only person that I could see it being, um, they did it rec- They did talk about this on Busted Open this past week. Mark Henry said he's not done. That's very true. And, and I, uh, could, I could potentially see Mark Henry being in here saying that he wants to go out on his own terms have a couple spotlight matches in AEW and then kind of kick rocks afterwards. I could see that being the case, but I could also see it being like some young talent that nobody's thinking of. Yeah, that's that's what makes
0: this so exciting is it could go either way. Mark Henry's saying he's in the best shape of his life. He's cut mm-hmm. weight. He's down in the lower 300s, which for him is is very small. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's great. And uh, I love Mark Henry. The guy is... He can do nothing wrong in my book. He's always been one of my favorites from the Mr. Olympian gimmick that he came in with all the way through the pink jacket. And, uh, yeah, if that is Mark Henry, that's another WWE lifer that's going to be jumping ship. And, you know, that's got to really get some people worried over at the uh, Titan Towers.
1: Yeah, I mean, this will be the third third of the top five longest tenured wrestlers in WWE that are jumping ship. I mean you had Gold Dust who was up there, Mark Henry and and Big Show. I mean if, if Mark Henry comes, that's that's gotta piss some people off.
0: Absolutely. And uh so while people are getting pissed off in Titan Towers, here's another match that kind of pissed us off. We had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Damien's personal favorite tag team of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler The one note that was very positive I had about this is there was a good callback at the beginning to the Dakota Kai-Shayna Baszler feud, and I thought that was good. And also, I think Raquel Gonzalez can make just about anybody look good in the ring. That woman is the future.
1: Yeah, she's really outshining Dakota Kai. Like, she's really outshining Dakota Kai at this point. And um, the only thing I'm going to say... Uh, towards the end of that match, uh, Nia Jax tried to fucking kill Dakota Kai. Yeah. With that military press slam. Yeah, that was that was that was scary. That was scary. Nia Jax is an issue. And nobody in WWE is addressing this. She needs to be back at the Performance Center. She needs to learn how to work. She's one of the most unsafe people I've seen since Bill Goldberg. I cannot I cannot understand how she has a job outside of who she's related to. This is bullshit. That is, there are too many people that are about to get hurt because she can't freaking do anything safely, and it's, and it's really bad. It took me completely out of this match that I already wasn't into because Nia is garbage she couldn't she couldn't work her way out of a wet paper bag it it was this match was bad this match was bad
0: yes and the bad match ended when Raquel Gonzalez uh kicked Nia off the ring ropes or ring apron excuse me Mm -hmm. and uh basically took out the ref and Dakota Kai got wrapped up by Shayna Baszler Dakota Kai was not the legal person in the ring Adam Pierce comes out, sends out a new referee who says Dakota Kai is out, calls the match, and gives uh, Naya and Shayna the titles back. And, you know, that's just how it ended. So it, it ends with that. And uh, we see later on Regal chewing out uh, Adam Pierce, uh, who basically apparently books all of WWE now. So Adam Pierce, you know, making moves. But uh, after that, we get some more therapy with the way, and that's out of the way.
1: Yeah, so now we're going to tag into something good. Um, Nyla Rose and Ryu Mizunami for the number one contender of the Women's Championship in AEW. They faced them this Sunday at Revolution to win the Women's Eliminator Tournament. This was a fantastic match. Fantastic. Nyla Rose had her working boots on tonight. They were laying shots in. They were going hard and stiff. Nyla broke out the swanton. And I was a little out of it at the beginning because Rio Mizunami had a, had a little bit of like the, this gimmicky, like selling to her forearms in the corner and stuff. But yeah. once, once things got serious, this girl's good.
0: She is very good. And it was very hard hitting. Uh, you know, I won't lie, I wasn't completely invested in this because, honestly, I'm not a big Nyla Rose fan, and I think the that's fact right. that uh, I don't really know much about Rio Mizunami, I think that also kind of took me out of that. Uh, this Women's Eliminator Tournament has got me just a little confused just because I didn't know half the bracket. So, uh, you know,
1: that think, that's my... That was- yeah, no, and I, and I understand that. And, I, and I'm not trying to cut you off. I apologize for that. Oh, no, um, you, you totally cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, me, uh, Ryo and, and a lot of these people from Japan, I think it's trying to expand that Japanese partnership and, and really trying to put a focus on that Japanese talent market for when they're able to come back. Like, Yuka Sakazaki had a big, uh, had a big part in this tournament. Riho had a big part in this tournament. And, and and maki ito and stuff like that like they all had these big moments for this tournament and i don't know if maybe they were just using stock footage from like maybe some stuff for dark that they shot while the pandemic was happening i'm not 100 percent sure where all of this came from because Hakaru shida was over there which struck me as odd yes yeah definitely um, but I will say that I really, really like this match. Ryo Mizunami, by the end of this, looked like a star. And after she won, she I forget what she hit to beat Nyla Rose. I can't quite remember. Yeah, but, that one escapes me. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, Sheena gets in the ring and poses with Ryo Mizunami. And I thought that this was glorious mizunami got into uh, Hakaru shida's face and just blasted her with forearms and they did a little bit of a forearm exchange with shida getting the better of ryo mizunami and standing over her with the title i thought that that was just like a a nice little touch of an already chef's kiss match
0: absolutely yeah it gives you a little bit more heat going into the title match on sunday
1: absolutely and that took up most of uh that took about 25 minutes, so we go
0: back to NXT. I'll hit you with the tag. NXT, so we got LA Knight teasing. He's going to make his debut next. But before that happens, we get a very cool Swerve Scott promo. He says that the CWC is his house, and he's here just for his opportunity. And the reason that he's dangerous and savage is because he's just different and doesn't care anymore. So we're adding some more layers to swerve, which I'll always take. And then we go to more talking in the ring with L.A. Knight saying he's waited too long to come here and talk. This is not his dream to get in the NXT ring. It's his business. He's here to whoop some ass. Name drops to giant Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly. Adam Cole and Finn Balor says that they can do all their quote unquote fancy kicks, flips and dives. But he's gonna meet their, he's not gonna meet them with flash and pizzazz, but he's just gonna beat their ass. He calls himself the last of a dying breed, and it's interesting that uh, as he was getting out of the ring, in comes the colossal Bronson Reed. They give each other a dirty look, and uh, yeah, we go to a commercial to come back to Cameron Grimes, our main man, coming out to his new hip hop song throwing bills in the air, making it rain everywhere. He even offers Bronson Reed some cash to get out of this match, but it just doesn't happen. So uh, you want to take a little bit more? I feel like I'm talking too damn much.
1: No, no, you're good. This match was absolutely excellent. This was a sleeper for me. Um, I wasn't expecting it to go this hard, but I mean, Bronson Reed, I think came out looking like a bigger star than Cameron Grimes in this, which is shocking. But Bronson Reed got himself over in this match. Um, LA, Knight, L.A. Knight at the end was helping Cameron Grimes, because I think Bronson Reed cut off L.A. Knight as he was about to leave. He was yep. about to, I think, hit a catchphrase, and Bronson Reed cut him off. So I think that that's going to be maybe L.A. Knight's first feud is Bronson Reed. And I don't hate that. I think that that's going to be very fun. L.A. Knight has a great promo to him. He can make anything sound good, I think. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, the Swerve Scott promo, absolutely fantastic. I'm excited for that as well. Yes. Uh, over to AEW, there was some more talking in the ring. And, but this time it was with the icon Sting who summed up everything that's happened over the last couple weeks saying, I thought I was ready for a fight until two weeks ago when Brian Cage powerbombed me. And, well, Brian Cage, it could have been the worst thing you've ever done because it knocked off all the rust and everything like that. I am here for a fight. I am here for a street fight. He gets interrupted by Ricky Starks, who says that he respects Sting, but he's still no icon. And he slaps Sting in the face, who then just goes to town beating the crap out of Ricky Starks, beats him out of his shoes and shirt, hits a Stinger Splash, a Scorpion Deathlock, and then Hobbs, and Hook come in, and Hook tries to choke out Sting, who attacks him. And then Cage comes in, trying to get Sting up. Darby Allen jumps on Cage's back, and they tag team Cage to send him running. And the baby faces stand tall. Uh, it was a great, it was a great segment. But I'm, I'm tired of seeing the same segments now with these four.
0: Yeah, and hopefully, uh, you know, that pays off big this Sunday night. Uh, I just, I love the fact that Sting literally slapped Ricky Starks out of his shoes. Uh, I'm also uh, glad to see Darby come out for the save. Darby Allen, again, one of those guys that I think just has unlimited everything. He's got all the tools. Let's just get him in this uh, match, get Sting out of the way for him. And, uh, yeah, where do you think Sting's going to go after this?
1: It's hard to say. Maybe, like, um... Maybe like a, a like a GM occasional wrestler role for me. Um, I just I, I think that there I don't think that he needs to get super physical. Like I think he needs to kind of just cut promos and, and be and and just be that icon, but it but not always wrestle. I agree, and I uh, you know I think that uh, you know that
0: sort of hybrid position would be good. Sort of make him like the Brock Lesnar match basically mm-hmm. that. You know, it's the big attraction, and that's what you work your way up to. I think that'd be a great position for Sting, especially at this age. Uh, You know, so next, we go back over to NXT. We find out Casey Catanzaro has a partially torn LCL. She's going to be out for a little while. Caden Carter vows to avenge her against Xia next week. Uh, There's some more therapy. We skip that because Mm -hmm. you're welcome. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, let's head back over to the world of Daily's Place.
1: Yeah, over in Daly's Place we had Preston 10 Vance taking on Max Caster for the fifth spot in that Face of the Revolution ladder match. And this was an okay match. It wasn't great. It was against – it was two people that are relatively unknown. It kind of just continues the storyline of Hangman and Matt Hardy at the end of it with – th2 member jack evans coming out and hitting preston vance with the boom box that max caster carries to the ring and then max caster picks up the win and matt hardy pays jack evans i thought that this was fine but to go back to nxt really quick Caden carter had a great promo yeah yeah you don't really expect
0: that for her she's not really been a talker and uh I will say the one thing that distracted me is the three lip rings. I just kept thinking, man, I hope she doesn't get those caught on anything in the ring. But, uh,
1: I think she you know. takes them out in the ring.
0: Good, good, because god damn. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I agree. I would hope that that's not something that she keeps in. I haven't really taken notice, but um, I think she does take them out while she's in the ring. Yeah, but going back to Daily's Place, can I just point out
0: how much I freaking love negative one? That kid is great. He's so amazing. <laughs> when he's trying to get in the face of Max Castor, and, you know, he's basically letting Preston hold him back. Oh, that kid is awesome. And when he's standing, even in the back, just like waving everybody on and just being like, what the hell do I do? He is awesome. You know, yeah. it's, it, he's just great. I'm happy to see him every time he comes out.
1: For a ten-year-old, he has a lot of charisma.
0: <laughs> yeah, my God, I wish I was that charismatic now. But who he was great. Uh, uh, how do we
1: how do we get negative uh, negative one for an interview on a podcast?
0: <laughs> uh, he would need a signed permission slip from his or from his mother. So yes. uh, you, yes, know, that. but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's that. It, but you know, it's good. I mean, he was great, and uh, he actually, to me, he's one of the things that makes the Dark Order that much better. So, yes. glad to see him doing his thing. Next, we're jumping back to the land of the CWC, or actually, I'm going to call it the CGA, because I think it should be the Cameron Grimes Auditorium, <laughs> uh, to see Ever Rise in the ring, awaiting Breezango, who is doing a slow walking, we're on the moon entrance, only to get disrupted by Legato Del Fantasma, who basically attacks them just runs them through uh then they go after ever rise who tries to walk away but santos escobar comes out nails them both from behind and uh basically says don't mistake last week for weakness we are here and we're going to take out everybody and anybody in our way Mm -hmm. nice quick little one uh and then after that uh you know i think that was sort of a nonsensical promo that didn't really need to happen but hey That's just my opinion. Legato's not hanging on all cylinders. But uh, we then get the reveal from Regal that the women's tag team champion match shenanigans are going to cause a landscape changing announcement next week.
1: Yes. Yeah, and then we had um, officially announced. It was Ian Shirai, Tony Storm, Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. And we had officially announced Caden uh, Carter versus Ziya Lee for next week as well. So they're really setting this up to be a very, very big edition of NXT.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a hot edition, and honestly, I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, we we don't look at ratings here on the hot tag, but you know, uh, with AEW consistently doing better in the ratings. I think that this just proves that competition just breeds excellence and it's bringing out the best in NXT, in my opinion. So I am happy to see competition when we see competition.
1: Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, Over in AEW, we closed out with the main event, Hangman Adam Page and Johnny Hungy, John Silver versus Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. Um, I thought that this tag match was fine. I think it just builds the bromance between John Silver and Hangman Adam Page, which I'm all here for, especially with watching Being the Elite and seeing their interactions on there. It is just absolutely fantastic. I love them. I need more of them. And Hangman Page and Johnny Hunky get the win after Hangman blasted Mark Quinn with a buckshot lariat. Oh, my
0: God. It was beautiful.
1: It was gorgeous, and he stared down Matt Hardy as he pinned him for the one, two, three. Then the heel teams that Matt Hardy's paying off come out and attack Paige and Johnny Hungy, and then the Dark Order led by Negative One came out. Negative One's in the back shrugging his shoulders because he doesn't know what to do. And then all the tag teams came back. Uh, All the tag teams came out and brawled to close out Dynamite.
0: I am, like I said, I'm down for anything that negative one does. But I just think that with this whole feud, the one thing I'm taking away is Hangman Page is head and shoulders above everybody else involved in this. He is such a goddamn star. Uh, You know, I just think that uh, after this, I'm hoping that, you know, he gets launched back up into that stratosphere. I would love to see actually a Hangman Page-Darby Allen feud. I would like to see him maybe not go for the title quite yet. I don't think we need to see Hangman and Omega again, but uh, I definitely think that we should see him looking at a title.
1: I would love to see him facing Darby, um, and I would also, I I want them to hold off. I I want them to hold off on Hangman and the AEW title for as long as they possibly can. Don't shot this. Let Omega have a year-plus run with this title, doing what he's doing, and then have Hangman be the first person to kick out of the One-Winged Angel.
0: I agree. I just think that Hangman is so good. He's got so much going for him. That buckshot lariat is one of the most realistic, dangerous, hard-hitting moves that I love Mm -hmm. to see. And, I mean, oh... Did they sell it tonight like a million and a half dollars?
1: Yeah, because right before it I love the way that they set it up too. They had John Silver hit that German suplex, Mark Quine popped up and just ate that buckshot Lariat. Overall, mm-hmm. I I love tonight's Dynamite. There were a couple misses, but overall I, I really did like it.
0: Yeah, Dynamite, uh I'll save this for our overall thoughts. So uh, you know, cliffhanger for the next like two minutes. Yeah. So uh, we're going back over to the CWC and we got Balor versus Roddy Strong. One thing that we noticed right off the bat, Roddy's coming out to his own music, nothing undisputed at all. And, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting, the fact that there was no interference. I thought there was going to be some interference in this match, some shenanigans. But instead, you know, for all of Roddy's weaknesses on the mic, he showed in this match why he is who he is. My God, the guy went in the ring real well. I liked it. I thought it was a very crisp match. It was very strong. No pun intended, Roddy. But, uh, you know, I think overall this was one of the matches, if not the match of the night for me.
1: Yeah, I, I did, uh, between both shows, this was my match of the night. I loved this match. Um It kind of did take me a while to get into it because I was waiting for the interference. And how close to 10 o'clock we were, I was shocked at how much overrun we had. I was like, okay, this is a lot. Like, you and I were texting back and forth, like, we'll call this overrun. They went till 10.10. Like, it was insane. Absolutely.
0: And, uh, you know, you, you haven't seen that lately. In the last couple weeks, I would even say the last couple months, they haven't really run over probably more than about 30 seconds to a minute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that that was one of the things that made this unpredictable because you were expecting Adam Cole to come out. You were expecting somebody else just to come running out, make their presence known, botch the end of this match and, uh, you know, basically have a dusty finish, but mm-hmm. you didn't see that. And it was very cool to get to see them, uh, have this, this full match, Balor hits the coup de grace to win. And, uh, you know, Cole comes out, stands at the top of the ramp, staring down Finn Balor, another shocker, they didn't touch. I kind of expected like yeah. at least one of them to attack and it was just a stare down. And I thought the end of this got me more excited for next week's match between, uh, Balor and Cole.
1: Yeah. Them not touching actually has me more intrigued than them having a brawl.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is such an underrated thing that people Mm -hmm. think, you know, we want them going hot. No, sometimes cool down just to make me more excited for when you turn that heat right back up. That's what I'm looking for. That's what they gave me. Very strong finish to NXT tonight. Uh, You know, so overall, what were your thoughts on the two show? We obviously got that, uh, you know, Dynamite wasn't the strongest in your opinion, but it was still pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, Dynamite wasn't the strongest, but it was stronger than NXT for me. Um, I I thought NXT, I I said at the top of the show, it was a two-match show, it was a three-match show. Um, The one thing I will say is that I had to write down, one of my pet peeves is I had to write down a lot more for NXT than I did for AEW. I feel like there's too many segments. I can agree with that. I think there's too many segments, and they're trying to do too much. With NXT. I remember when they first moved to USA. Before Vince got his hands in it. And everything. It was it was similar to AEW. They both had a very similar show. Wrestling heavy promo light. And, and AEW stuck with it. Now NXT is going promo heavy. Like the rest of WWE. And nothing special about it anymore. Outside of the. Outside of the. Oh, slightly longer matches. And in ring talent is overall better than overall. Raw. But in my opinion, I feel like they're just becoming formulaic.
0: See, I don't know if I would go that strong. You can definitely see a difference where you're seeing more of the promos, more of the things like that. I do believe that, you know, the wrestling does make up for it. The in-ring product is mm-hmm. super strong. But I do think that I would say at least half of the promos, if not a little bit more, definitely have some punch to them. They definitely mm-hmm stories more than you see on the other WWE products, and uh, to me, that's a selling point.
1: Yeah, the promos are better, but the promos are still there. And I think that's what I like about AEW, is as I have written down, one, two, three, three promo segments. Uh, Like, uh, three uh. promo segments. So, with NXT, you have one, I'm counting, I'm counting the therapy. Oh, God. (laughs) Two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight six, seven, eight. Eight promo segments. Like, that's a lot. That is a lot of promo segments. And while they're good, it still takes away from what this really is. Wrestling.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think the therapy sessions could go. I don't really think they did much other than make Austin Theory look like a dopey twit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Johnny Gargano needs to just be Johnny Wrestling, and uh, you know, get that uh, beautiful North American title. Which, by the way, my favorite championship in all of WWE is the North American title. Uh, just for your look, at it. yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I like the big red strap. It's just different. Hmm. Intriguing. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer the UK title. I love the UK titles. I, I prefer all of them over anything that WWE has.
0: Well, I think the problem with the UK title for me is it does have that same WWE shape to it that, you know, I think with the North American title being the big disc in the middle and the big red different-shaped strap, I think that's what sets it apart for me.
1: I agree. Um, I I do like it, but don't get me wrong. I still love the North American title. I just prefer that big... I prefer the big, heavy logo in the front Uh, And then the smaller side plates where that that it doesn't really have that for the North American title for me.
0: Yes. So overall, I think you could definitely tell tonight was AEW's go home show for Revolution. Mm -hmm. They're coming in strong. They threw everything but the kitchen sink. And well, maybe Tully Blanchard is the kitchen sink. So they did throw (laughs) that out. Uh, So, you know, you got a lot with AEW. Uh, I would say that it was just the right amount of a lot, though. It wasn't overwhelming. Uh, right. As somebody who's definitely much more of an NXT guy watching AEW at the same time, uh, you know, it was easy to follow along with, and that's definitely a very big selling point. So uh, I would say that as much as it hurts my black and gold soul, AEW was the stronger show tonight. Hey, that's a win for me right there, baby.
1: Yeah, well, don't do it.
0: Next week is shaping up to be a hell of a night at NXT. It
1: really is. I think that's going to be a very good show, and they're capitalizing on AEW having a pay-per-view the week before, the couple days before, and everything. And they'll probably have a calm down week next week. So I'm I'm very excited for NXT next week, though. Yes. So now that we've gone through
0: the entire show, so we've only got a couple more minutes left for you, wonderful, beautiful listeners. Uh, And we're going to hit a couple news topics. I've only got two for tonight, Damien. So uh, once we go through these, uh, we'll call it a night. But the rumors, there are two rumors that are going around. One is NXT is not going to have a presence at WrestleMania. They were saying that there is no current plan for the NXT title, the NXT women's title, or the North American to be defended at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Okay, they're either a third brand or they're developmental. You need to make up your mind. You either defend the NXT title on the shows or you don't. And and Mm -hmm. you keep them their own separate entity. I don't want to see, if that's the case, I don't want to see Adam Pearce. I don't want to see the women's tag titles. I don't want to see this cross-promotion. But if you're going to promote them as your third brand, you have to have them on WrestleMania, period. Absolutely.
0: And I think it's a mistake because one of the highlights of last year's WrestleMania, albeit the crazy lockdown WrestleMania, mm-hmm. was Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for that NXT women's title. I think that, you know, that really introduces people to the product. And honestly, that's a chance to spotlight the third brand on the biggest stage of them all, the most watched pay-per-view of the entire year and we've got two days of WrestleMania. There's got to be enough time to shove a match or two in. You can't tell me that, you know, Shane McMahon versus, uh, Braun Strowman as a potential match can't be trimmed down to put in Finn Balor taking on somebody else.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is like Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair had my second favorite match of the weekend last weekend. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And You need that. You need stuff like that to break it up, break up the monotony, the same faces over and over and over again. You need something special like that. Even if it is the Curtain Jerker 15 minutes, cool. Give us a Curtain Jerker 15 minutes.
0: Yes, and that's the other thing is NXT has a very strong tendency to outshine the pay-per-views when they have takeovers beforehand. Because the NXT stars, I feel they all have a big chip on their shoulder and want to say, follow that, guys. Let's see what you can do after that match. And honestly, if you want to step everybody else up, put one of these guys with a chip on their shoulder. Finn Balor's definitely got a chip on mm-hmm. his shoulder the size of Montana. And I think that you know putting him out there would make everybody else raise their game after seeing him prove why he deserves to be there, why he deserves to have that title, and giving him a match against somebody that can go.
1: Yeah, I think I think that that's a crucial part of it, is featuring them with your already made stars, and they're not doing that. So either step away from it, Vince, or embrace it like you would SmackDown and Raw. One or As- the other. It can't be both.
0: Absolutely. And the next and last rumor we've got NXT could be moving to Tuesdays starting April 13th, which would effectively end the Wednesday night war. Though I don't think you'll ever see the NXT AEW comparisons going away. What's your thoughts on moving to Tuesday?
1: God, this would make note taking so much easier.
0: (laughs) It sure would. (laughs) Full disclosure, tonight was the first time I watched both at the same time, aside from the very first episode of dynamite. And, uh, yeah, not digging it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was definite it was definitely difficult. Um but I will say that I, I, I prefer it. NXT has gotten their ass kicked every week, pretty much. Like there've been there have been a few weeks where they were close and a few weeks where they've won. But overall NXT is losing by a couple hundred thousand viewers a night. And I think what you need to do is move them to Tuesday. We don't wanna pick. We wanna watch both.
0: Absolutely. Man, my favorite ice cream cone is that scoop of chocolate with a scoop of vanilla. I mean, give me a twist cone, man. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, like, we want both. So let us watch NXT on Tuesday, AEW on Wednesday. You don't concede the war. You're just making the war better.
0: And honestly, I think that you'll see NXT's ratings go up because we don't have to choose. I think you'll actually see how the shows compete against each other. You'll get a fair and equitable battleground. And uh, if you want to keep the war going, you call it the midweek war for all I care. I don't give a shit what you call the war. Just make it happen on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I am all in. Especially because I'm going to probably need a palate cleanser from Raw, which, you know, as great as it's been in the last couple weeks, has consistently not been great.
1: Yeah, well, you don't need a palate cleanser if you don't watch it.
0: Well there you go, but man, did you miss out on Bobby Lashley tearing the oh, no, I saw to it. pieces?
1: I it saw was great. I loved yeah, it. it was fantastic. It was fantastic.
0: Talk about somebody who deserves a title. My God, put it on Bobby Lashley all day long, and uh that makes the road to WrestleMania a little bit more interesting.
1: Absolutely. Him and Drew, I'm here for
0: it. But on that note, Damien, put yourself over.
1: Yeah, after this long ass podcast, you can follow me at D Miller Games on Twitter. Uh, we're going. we we have a heavy runtime, just like uh, NXT does. Uh, yeah, so follow me on Twitter at D Absolutely, follow him there, and you can come follow me on the Twitter machine
0: at Pedersen Reports. I'll spell it for you: P E D E R S E N Reports. It's all ease, baby. And then make sure to come catch us every Monday on the Worst Wrestling Podcast. And, uh, yeah, Damien, why don't you take us home?
1: Without further ado, I must bid you a good night and goodbye Ben.